Hi there, welcome to Ask Away, a podcast where kids can ask anything about the Bible. This is Peyton. And I'm Riley. As always, we're here with my mom. Her name is Meredith. Hello. Together we'll tell a Bible story and we kids will jump in along the way to ask about what we notice, wonder about, and think is we are. Then we'll talk about some great questions kids like you sent in. After the show, we hope you'll send us a question, story request, a shout out, or let us wish you a happy birthday. Yup, and we'll tell you how at the end of the show. The Bible's pretty amazing because it helps us get to know who God is. But the Bible can also be confusing and new and really different from how things are now. And so we want you to know when it comes to God, when it comes to the Bible, every question is okay and you can ask away. Hello, friends. How are you this afternoon? Good. We've cleaned out our entire rooms to make space for more stuff. Or just to have space. It doesn't actually need to have more stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But we have. You guys have been cleaning. How do you generally feel about cleaning? Since it's now that it's done, excited. But the cleaning part was kind of boring. You guys worked really hard. A lot of fun for me. I love when things are all cleaned out. It makes me happy. I am not a saver of stuff overall. I tend to be ready to say that was a fun thing and I am thankful for it, but I don't tend to keep it. So I like clean out time. I'm curious about our kid listeners. I wonder if they are inclined to keep their things that feel special or if they are inclined to be all done when the thing is done. All right. We have a story today that I have told you at least a tiny version of before, but I don't know if we've ever done kind of the whole thing. This is the story of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel? The Tower of Babel. It is a tower full of babies. (laughs) It is not a tower full of babies babbling away. In fact, it's kind of an interesting thing because, as we know, the Bible was not written in English. This story would have first been written down in Hebrew. And yet, when we get the English little title, it also matches something in English called babbling, which is going to be important later. Uh, since it's spelled B-A-B-E-L, is it, does it take place in Babylon? Great link. They are probably roughly in the same region, although Babylon that you'll meet later in the Old Testament stories is not a full-fledged nation yet. Great connection though. All right, so here's how the story goes. There was a time, says the Bible, when all the people of the world spoke the same language, they used the same words. Is this a parable? Because I know not everybody speaks the same language. This is another story that probably did not literally happen. Something like an Old Testament parable, something like a story telling us a true thing about God and humanity, and maybe even some of the events were real, and then other parts of the events are part of the literature of the Bible. Do you know what literature means, friends? No. It's like the style of the writing. And so. So the people had found a plane in the land of, oop, you're right, Riley, Babylonia, says the Bible. There's our link to a place that's familiar. It says they settled there, and then they made a plan. This was their plan. What do you think their plan was? To build the Tower of Babel? 
to build the Tower of Babel and a city to go with it. I, I remember, I think I remember part of the story. So don't they, they build, they're trying to build this great big tower to make themselves great and God doesn't like it. So he makes everybody speak a different language so they can't understand each other. So they can't build it anymore. And that's where babbling comes in because basically they, it sounds to the other people kind of like they're babbling. That is exactly right. And what's so fun is that babbling is not the reason that the word is there. That happens to just be a fun link between the Bible's Hebrew and our English. In Hebrew, it's a word that means confusion because all their different languages led them to be confused. Now, Peyton, you made an observation about this tower. Where was it headed? Were they trying to make the tower touch the sky? Indeed, they were trying to make the tower touch the sky. So they've got this plan, this awesome city, this giant tower. And my favorite part of how the Bible tells the story, uh, because their tower is supposed to reach the whole sky. And this is our clue for how big the tower actually was. You ready? The story says, but Yahweh God came on down to look at the city and the tower. So however much they thought they were reaching the heavens, God still had to come on down because it was not actually that great. And God saw what they were building and how a lot of that came because, oh, they can all speak the same language. They've all made this one plan. Doesn't God want them to be working together? Yeah, I bet the working together part is not probably the problem. I don't think that's the part that concerns God. I think God might have a different kind of concern. In fact, I think one of our clues might have to do with some opposites in this story. So let's compare this story with the first two stories we've just done recently from the very beginning of the Bible. This story, if someone was to read it, would be in Genesis chapter 11. Our last two episodes were Genesis 1, 2, and 3. So I want to compare something. How come, how could we have one episode that was Genesis 1 and 2? Oh, an episode that was Genesis 2 and 3. Uh, sometimes the stories go more than the chapters. They don't, every chapter is not always its own standalone story. So in, uh, in the beginning of Genesis, what is the setting? Where does the story take place? In a garden. In a garden. And this story is taking place where, Riley? Babylonia. But what are they trying to build? A tower. They're trying to build a city too, right? Yes. So we have a garden versus a city. Those are two big differences. Now, at the beginning of making the world, God told the people to go do something. Explore, invent, and create. Explore, invent, create. And God told them to go on out and do it. What they're doing right now, though, they're inventing some. They're inventing the tower and creating a tower. Are they going out and filling the world up in ways that look like who God is or match who God is? No. Correct. They're not. That's the actual problem. It's not a problem that they're working together. That's a good thing. It's not a problem that they've decided to create a city. There were cities all around. The problem is that they are doing the opposite of God's dream in terms of filling up the world with goodness and love. They are staying put on purpose. And instead of going out so the world works in ways that match God, but with their own creative flair, they're staying put to make themselves great so that everyone will pay attention to them. Kind of an interesting set of opposites, isn't it? So in the beginning, God gave people an invitation. He said, come join my team. 
And on my team, you get to go out and fill the whole world up in ways that will make the world so lovely. Because you know what? After God made the world, it wasn't finished yet. God gave the finishing job to the humans. Said, be my teammates. Go finish it up. These humans are not joining the team to finish it up in really cool ways. And one of the things that we are seeing in this story that we will see in other stories through the Bible is that if God invites people to do something and people don't do it, then it usually just doesn't happen. But this time God decided to get on in there and make a change. And so God came down and God confused the people with different languages. And then... Mommy, it so does every one speak a different language in the end of the story yeah that's kind of what they lead us to believe but are there that many languages that's a great question maybe there were about i don't know how many how many languages do you think god needed to get them all confused a couple hundred maybe there were a couple hundred it doesn't actually say it says different but it doesn't tell us how many different and so that meant that the people who spoke the same ones found each other, but then they all left. They all went and went on out the way that God had always hoped they would go on out. And after the people went on out, they went and spread out the way God always hoped they'd spread out, started filling the world the way God always hoped they'd fill the world. And if you fast forward from there, one of those families ended up with a guy named Abram. And we are going to meet Abram. We're going to see how he joins God's team in a way that these folks didn't. What other questions you got about this story? None really. Not really any. Now it's time for an awesome kid question. I am Jack. I am nine years old. And my question is, does God get scared or sad? I really appreciate this question because an important thing about who God is, is that God is emotional. God feels a range of emotions. And so I was thinking about the two you asked about. I was thinking about the stories I know, and I cannot remember a time when God seems scared. God is a God of peace. God is a God who knows how in the end everything will be well. So I don't know that something comes to mind, but maybe another one of our listeners might remember a time where we hear a story of God feeling scared. Now, when it comes to whether or not God feels sad, yes, God does feel sad. In fact, even our story today, when we get to the end of it, I think sad is a great way to describe how God feels. There are other stories that we hear where we know God feels sad. There are times when God's people are suffering. And God feels sad for them. There are times when God sees how the world is really pretty messy. And especially because people are sad and hurting, that makes God sad too. There's a time when Jesus is here, when he looks at his city that he loves, this place that is meant to be home, and he cries because of how different things actually are from how they could be. There's a time when Jesus's friend has died and the whole community is sad about that friend. That friend's name was Lazarus and Jesus cries with the community. We know that God does feel sad 
because our God is emotional. Our God isn't just far away watching all of us being like, hmm, those human creatures sure seem to feel lots of things. God feels too. I'm so glad you asked about this. Now it's your turn. What did you notice, wonder about, or think was weird? Let us know. Be sure to talk really loud and clear as you record your question. Then send it as a direct message on Instagram and email to askawaypodcast at gmail.com or leave it as a Voxer message where there is Askaway Podcast. We also would love to give you a shout out to thank you for listening or happy birthday. So if you don't have a question, that's okay. Just send us an email with your first name and we'll say hi. Grown-ups, it would help us a lot if you rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, grown-ups, if you would like more to go with this story, you're going to enjoy signing up for the Great Big Bible Story Walkthrough. Every week, you'll get a kid-friendly paraphrase of the story, some ideas for how to respond to it, and a super helpful commentary and context page curated around the stuff kids often ask about. You can find it at meredithannmiller.substack.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.